Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. How you doing? Ready to rock and roll? Yeah. Excellent. Cool bananas. Well, Merry Christmas. Uh, only two more sleeps and one park run until you get to open your presents. <laughs> hey, how awesome is that? Who else does the park run? I'm the only one. <laughs> Man, the park run. Every Saturday morning, 8 o'clock. It's great. 5K run. Start your day or 5K walk if you want to walk it. It's good. But we're having one on Christmas Day. It's 8 o'clock. Back of the uh, Laratinga wetlands there. You set out at 8 o'clock and... With any luck, you'll be back about 8, 8.30, so that's really good. So if not, well, we'll come and visit you in the hospital. It's good. I've got a good hospital visiting ministry here. It's great. Um, just want to give a big plug for tonight. It's, um, really looking forward to tonight for our Christmas special. Um, with the, Just like the, uh, here at 5 o'clock for a, a sausage sizzle, um, just a bit of a, a manjaro, just a bit of eating. Uh, be great. Then 5.30, we're going to kick off the service. 6.30, we're done. Okay, I promise you at 6.30 we're done, all right? If we're not, well, it's gone a bit longer, okay? So, uh, but 6.30 is when we're aiming to go. We've got Mr. Bean making an appearance. Uh, we've got some other great things happening. Some of the kids are going to be doing a, a, a kid's item. It's going to be fantastic. There's going to be just an amazing time. There's carols singing. It's just going to be a really, really good time. So get your family and friends, ring them, uh, get alongside of them, invite your neighbours uh, and be a part of tonight. It's just going to be a great great time together. So just really encourage you to come out for that. So we are doing our series called Why Christmas? And uh, we've been on this journey for a number of weeks in the lead up to this time, talking about why Christmas, because we actually live in a multicultural society. We live in a, a community that's represented by so many different cultures. And sometimes as Christians, we think we can know what Christmas is and we make the assumption that everybody else knows what Christmas is all about as well. Yet sometimes people have no clue about what Christmas is really all about. It just seems to be a lot of fun and fanfare, a lot of uh, hoo-ha about something or other, gift-giving and materialism and a whole deal. So they don't really understand what Christmas is all about. So that's why we've gone on this journey about understanding why Christmas. What is Christmas all about? A few weeks ago, we heard about Jesus, why he came. Then last week, we heard about um, uh, why we need Jesus. But this morning, I'd really want to talk about why we celebrate Christmas. And to do that, I'm just going to read a portion of Scripture out of Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. And this is what it says here. And I'm just reading out of the NIV version. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. There, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So this whole thing about uh, Christmas is, is, is something that we, we are just going to go on a bit of a journey of understanding it. So what is Christmas all about? And, you know, and I, I think that it's 
that God wants us to know the reasons why he sent his only begotten son into the world. On the night that Jesus was born, the angel of God delivered a phenomenally glorious message to the shepherds to make clear what Christmas was all about. See, Christmas is all about God sending his son to the earth. It wasn't man's idea, it was God's idea. Christmas is not man's initiative, Christmas is God's initiative. And we need to understand that this morning. It's not about the materialism, that's how it's just morphed, that's how it's evolved. Christmas has always been God's initiative, it's been his idea. And today I want us to think about maybe some reasons why God did what he did at Christmas. Christmas is a time when the Son of God left the glorious throne in heaven and lived in this sin-stricken world. Christmas is the time when God the Father made the greatest sacrifice of all in giving up of his beloved Son to save mankind from sin. And as Paul rightly says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15, thanks be to God for this unspeakable gift in Christ that we have. This word unspeakable has some real meaning for us. It describes the value of what God has given to us through his son Jesus. It means immeasurable. It means infinite. It means unfathomable. I'm glad I got that word out with that stumbling. I was that close. So why is such a gift of infinite value and the unspeakable gift of heaven given to us? Well, this is number one. It's Christmas occurred because it was God's desire. It was God's desire. The shepherds were among the first people to receive the good news of the Savior's birth. Why the shepherds? Why not the religious people or the political elite of the people of Israel at that time? Why did God show up and show the, desire, the, the shepherds first all about Jesus? And there's a part of me that thinks, you know what? Because I think that the shepherds represent you and I, just the normal people of the day. The, the common work that was going on within Israel at that time was simply being a shepherd. And, G- and God was, was revealing his son to everybody in just selecting those shepherds. And the whole thing about it is that the angel said, I bring good news of great joy that will be for all the people. All the, it's not, Jesus isn't just for the, the politically elite. He's not just for the, the, you know, the, the, the social hierarchy of the day. Jesus is for everyone. The birth of Jesus is good news for everyone. So the, notice that the angel actually not only reported the glorious event of Jesus' birth, but I believe that he's also conveyed to us his desire for each of us to experience three things. It's God's desire that we experience three things. Number one, he wants us to, to embrace us with his love. That's what God wants to do in the birth of his son. He wants to embrace us with his love. And this world is filled with people who are lonely, who are empty, who feel unloved, maybe hopeless, they're broken and tired. People, that, uh, they get lonely. They feel lonely inside because sin has estranged us from the presence of God. And God sent his son to actually stop that, to actually be, to pay the price for sin that God required, it actually reconnected us in relationship with God the Father. So God wants to embrace us in His love. 
Sin caused emptiness within every person's heart that only God can fill with his love. The Father sent his Son to fill our heart with his love. He's passionate to fill the emptiness in your heart this morning. John 3.16, one of the most well-known passages of Scripture probably in the whole world. I mean, I, I watch sport. I love watching the NFL, like the National Football League in, the, in, in America. And quite often when they're going to kick a, a field goal or an extra point after they scored a touchdown, you'll see just behind the goals, as sure as eggs, someone's holding up a sign saying John 3.16. What are they saying? They're trying to tell people that God loves them. That God sent his son for them, and, he, and people in the, in the football crowd want people to know that. What courage to go in there and hold up a sign saying John 3.16. What a great witness for people to do that. The Olympics, that's right. They do it in all sorts. So God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life. The, the thing that I love about this scripture came from the words of Jesus. Jesus himself said this. In speaking of God's love, the Apostle Paul says this in Romans 5 verse 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, this is the thing that sometimes we lose sight of the fact. We, we think that um, we have to be good to earn God's love. You don't. Now, I'm not advocating a, a lifestyle of sin and just going out and doing whatever that you want. But I've I, I got to tell you, he loved me even when I wasn't perfect. When I, I, I am now. <laughs> oh, if you believe that, I've got this bridge in Sydney I can sell you. <laughs> we don't have to be perfect. While I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. He died for you. Doesn't that tell you that he wants to embrace us with his love? I'm reminded of the story where Jesus talks to Peter and he says, he wants, can, you just, you know, can I borrow your boat for a minute? I just need to talk to these people on this hill. And so then he addresses the crowd and he gives this great sermon. And then he says to Peter, can just push out your, your boat a bit and set your nets down out there. And, uh, and I'm going to bless you with some fish. And Peter says, mate, I've been out all night. I don't know where you've been, but, you know, I've been out all night. And uh, it's just, I didn't catch anything. But because you told me to do it, I'm going to do it. So they push out in a bit of water, put the nets down, and they catch such a massive load of fish. It, it, like the, the net's tearing, and they call out to their, their partners in another boat, and, and they come along, and they haul in all these fish. And then suddenly Peter realizes that he's in the company of Jesus. And he says, and he, he bows down at Jesus' feet and says, Lord, depart from me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a man who's a sinner. I, I, I'm not worthy to be in your presence. What came first, the blessing or the repentance? The blessing came first. See, Jesus wants to bless us. It's the goodness of God that leads a person to repentance. It's, he wants to bless you. He wants to show you how much he loves you and cares about you that causes you to suddenly think about the way that you're living your life, that you change your mind, you change your focus, and you start to make God the focus of your life because of his goodness. Because of his goodness. Does that make sense? Cool. That's what Christmas is all about. 
It's about the, the great love that God has for us. It's not about the presents that we receive or the food that we eat, the parties that we go to, or the celebrations that we, we go to, to, to celebrate Christmas about. They are a side benefit. Christmas is God sending Jesus to embrace us with his love. Secondly, God wanted us to be encouraged with his peace. The shepherds were terrified when they saw the angel and the glory of God. All of them were stunned with the sudden and unexpected appearance of an angel. Terrified means that they were extremely afraid. These shepherds acted normally, okay? Normal people have fears, apprehensions and worries. People are afraid of the unknown, of the unexpected and the uncontrollable. Uh, some of you may not know this, but uh, for 25 years I served as a police officer in our, in our state here. And it was a good job, great training to be a pastor, just as a quiet thing. Um, it's great training for it. So you get to learn gun, guns and stuff. It's great. Batons, just you know, keep ruling people in line. So it's great. But uh, just after I graduated, my partner and I, we were walking the beat and we were on afternoon shift and we got this call to go to the old ABC building in Highmarsh Square. Now, that sh again shows my age. I'm quite old. I'm roughly about 21 at the moment. So we went to the, this uh, ABC building and we, we're going in there and, and we're walking through it and we really, like, we're just graduated and realized that you needed a torch on afternoon shift. That's how raw recruits we were. So we're walking through this place and we're hearing noises. We can hear people moving around. It's just like the old drunks because that's where they hang, hang out on the, of an evening shift and whatever. So we're walking through there, this place. And you know how the uh, old buildings, they used to have the string that hangs down from the ceiling to pull on the light. You pull on the string and the light comes on. Well, we're walking through there and my partner had one of these just touch him. On the, on the ear like that, and he has like his feet have lifted, and he just bolted from the for the door. He's just out of there. And I'm thinking, man, if he's, I've got to run too, so because he's bolted, I've bolted, and we left the building. We reported on radio. No, there's nothing there. <laughs> Everything's fine. Normal people have fears. I don't know about you, but sometimes you know, I don't. How would you be if you saw an angel? How would you be if you saw an angel? I think some of us would be pretty scared because, you know, every time that I read in the Bible where they say this angel appeared, suddenly they were afraid because an angel showed up. It's got to be something frightening about an angel showing up. But this, this is, listen to this, catch this. The angel said, don't be afraid, listen carefully, today your saviour is born. The angel didn't say, don't be afraid, I'm an angel. I think that's really important. I mean, sure, they could see he's an angel, but he's saying, don't not to be afraid because I'm an angel. He's saying, don't be afraid because your saviour has been born. Your saviour has been born today. You say that this is the encouragement of peace that comes from the gospel of good news. There's this area where we need to understand that we can have peace. We don't have to be afraid anymore because the Savior has come. I don't know about you, but that's pretty exciting. But if, you know, like, I know that right now your, your, your liver's like quivering. It's just, you're excited on the inside and you're just waiting for it to come out and say, yes, I'm excited on the outside shortly. So, did you, Christmas is a message of peace. It's a message of peace. The Saviour has come and there's perfect peace because his presence means salvation, it means freedom, it means redemption, it means fulfilment. 
The third thing that God wants us to experience is his his desire and why he's established Christmas is because he wants to enrich us with his joy. He wants to enrich you and I with his joy. The angel said, I bring you good news that brings great joy to all the people. See, any good news can bring joy. But the good news of the Messiah's coming brings great joy. Just as the news of the Messiah's coming is enough to give great joy because of the one coming is the Savior and he's the source of joy. That's why we sing joy to the world for the Lord has come. Great carol, isn't it? I mean, that's a, a, so many of these carols that we sing, they are absolute worship songs. They are absolute praise songs. It's what I love about our carols in the park down we had just a couple of weeks ago. You don't need someone preaching. At those, those events, people don't need to be Bible bashed at a public event like that and saying, you know, just Jesus and all. Just sing a carol. For goodness sake, just sing a carol. You're, you're preaching to yourself. If you continue to preach, some of you might get saved. You never know what could happen today. I might get saved, didn't it? Some of you would be really happy about that. So there's this whole thing that, you know, Jesus brings great joy. The world is full of darkness. It really is. I mean, you don't have to go too far away from your TV set to find out about all the bad stuff that's happening around the world. Even drones are bad news in some places. (laughs) At airports, especially if you want to wait to get out. So there's uncertainty, there's discontentment. People are unhappy, they're lonely, they're dissatisfied. While in heaven... There is joy and there is righteousness. And Jesus came to bring what heaven has. That's that's the reality of why Jesus came. Christmas tells us what God wants us to experience heaven while we're here on earth. He wants to enrich our lives with his joy and his righteousness. So Jesus came to the earth. In John 10, 10 it says, I've come so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. I want an abundant, joy-filled life. Most of us do want that. I pray for the rest of us who don't. There's a large stone cathedral in Europe. It's, it's very large. It has a magnificent pipe organ inside. One day a visitor came in and asked the custodian to see it. The custodian was hesitant but gave in upon the insistence of this stranger. When the man saw the magnificent pipe organ, he asked the custodian if he would be able to sit on the bench and then play the organ. The custodian refused. He says no. But the man then pleaded earnestly until the custodian relented and allowed the man to play, but only for a few notes. Overjoyed, the stranger pulled out a few of the stops on this organ, then he began to play. And suddenly, the cathedral was filled with the most beautiful music that the custodian had ever heard in that place at all. The music seemed to transport him heavenward. In what seemed all too short a time, the stranger stopped playing, he slid off the organ bench and started to walk down the stairway. Wait, the custodian yelled out. That was the most beautiful music that I've ever heard. Who are you? The stranger turned to him and he said, My name's Mendelssohn. He was none other than Felix Mendelssohn, one of the greatest organists and composers of the 19th century. The custodian, with the beautiful music still ringing in his ears, said softly to himself, Just think, I almost kept the master from playing his music 
in my cathedral. What a phenomenally good story, isn't it? It's true. Each one of us has the opportunity to have a personal relationship with God who embraces us with his love, who encourages us with his peace, and also enriches us with his joy. Let's allow him to play his music in our lives and let him be the master of our lives this Christmas. Let's allow him to do that. And we celebrate Christmas because it's God's desire to celebrate his son Jesus. The second reason that we actually celebrate Christmas is this, that Christmas is God's design. Christmas is God's design. Not only is it Christmas God's desire, Christmas is God's design. See, it's, it's, it's God's design because through sending Christ into the world, he could do this. He could, number one, fulfill Scripture. He could fulfill Scripture. The angel said to the, that the Savior is born in the town of David, a direct reference to the Old Testament prophecy regarding the place where the Savior was going to be born, where the Messiah was going to be born. In Micah chapter 5, verse 2, now Micah is a minor prophet. You'll find him in the Old Testament towards the, the end of the Old Testament, okay, because I know that some of you may, Micah, I, didn't, I thought that was, a, that was a rock, but there you go. But to you, to you Bethlehem. Though you were little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be the ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. It says, but you Bethlehem. It's a direct reference to where Christ was going to be born. And this prophecy is one of over 300 fulfilled prophecies about the incarnation of Jesus. By alluding to this prophecy, the angel conveyed the truth that Jesus is the fulfillment of the promises of God and the embodiment of God's faithfulness. Because what God had said in his word in the lead up to that time was now fulfilled in the person of Jesus. Jesus was the fulfillment of the prophecies and of the scriptures of old. God's faithful, church. What promises has God given to you? I want to say to you, God's faithful to his promises. God's faithful to his word. We need to hang on to God's word and we need to just continue to declare God's word over our lives. God's word is the truth. The facts might tell you otherwise, but the truth is that God, his word is true. And don't dumb down God's word to the level of your experience. Oh, God's word says that he heals, but I'm not healed yet. Don't diminish the the power of God's truth to your experience level, but rather stretch your faith and continue to believe that God is going to fulfill his word in your time. Jesus is God's word. He's the expression of God's will. Therefore, everything God says in his word, all his promises will be fulfilled and be expressed in and through his son, Jesus Christ. Now, what does that mean for you and I? Well, it means that if we have Jesus in our heart, that we have all of the fulfillment of God's promises in his word in us. It's that simple. It's that simple. Every day we can be full of hope and assurance and of joy and of expectation because Jesus is the fulfillment of all that God said. Secondly, it's God's design about Christmas because God wants to show us that he's provided salvation for us. He provides salvation. 
If an angel appeared to you today, what need would you tell him that you have? Would it be money? Would it be a house? A life partner, maybe, or great opportunities. Maybe you'd like to phone a friend, something like that. You know, you just had this need for something. What, what is it that you would say to that angel that your need is? See, but the thing I love is that this angel knows what's best. And as announcing the, the birth of Jesus, where the angel says, your Savior is born. And in, in saying our Savior is born, he's emphasized our greatest need. See, if our greatest need had been information, then God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, then God would have sent a scientist. If our greatest need was money, then God would have sent an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, then God would have sent an entertainer. But you see, our greatest need was of forgiveness. So God sent us a saviour. And in Christ, we have a, a saviour. Christmas is designed for our redemption. Per, the purpose of the, the, of the manger is the cross. That's why. It's, it's, it's provided for our salvation. One particular summer afternoon, a father and his daughter took a stroll into the mountains to enjoy a bit of time together. They're walking down a dusty trail, and this snake comes out because it's been startled, and it bites the little girl's leg. She shrieks in terror and shakes the snake off and then just it slithers off. Instinctively, the father grabs the girl's leg and saw the wound. They are kilometers from any sort of medical help, and he knew that he needed to act quickly. Pulling a sharp knife from his pocket, he's cut quickly across the, the, the cut where the, the fangs are in the leg gone. He's bent down and he sucked the poison out of the girl's leg and he spat it on the ground. He's then picked up his daughter and they've headed for the nearest medical help. He's exhausted and he's frightened and he slumps into the chair in the emergency vehicle and he begins to feel dizzy. Doctor checked the dad and was soon to learn that the poison from the snake had made its way into, his open, into an open sore in his mouth and entered his bloodstream. The father died and the daughter lived. That's what Jesus did for us. That's what Jesus did for us. He died so that we might live. His death on the cross paid the price for our sins. The first Christmas solved our problem of iniquity and settled our eternity. The truth is a call to celebrate and declare the great love that God has for us with a grateful heart. That's what Christmas is all about again. It's not only about fulfilling the scriptures. It's not only about just uh, uh, providing salvation. But the third thing is that Christmas is all about ruling as Lord, that Christ would rule as Lord. The shepherds would have been overwhelmed at the truths of the angel revealed to them. They would have been amazed at the truth of God's love, his peace, his joy, his faithfulness. His, they, they had assurance and, and salvation available to them. But the angel wasn't finished. The angel says he had uh, one more uh, truth of great importance to share with us. He said, the angel said that the Savior is born in the city of David is Christ the Lord. Christ the Lord. The Savior who is born is also the sovereign Lord of the whole universe. It means that his coming to earth, becoming a human being, did not diminish his divine identity, authority, or his nature. Jesus 
is always the Lord from all eternity to eternity. See, the incarnation does not conceal the glory of the Lord. Jesus is both, both the Christ and the Lord. See, many love a saviour, but not a master. Many love to celebrate his birth, but aren't willing to submit to his lordship. Many believe and love Jesus as saviour, but never subjected themselves to his authority. And as we celebrate Jesus' birth, we should not forget that he is our Lord this morning. Just as the team come back up. Christmas is the celebration of Jesus' birth. It's more than an event that happens once a year. Christmas is a reminder for us all to be committed to Christ the Lord every day. That's why we celebrate Christmas. That's why we celebrate Christmas, church. Because Christmas has always been God's design. It's always been his desire to celebrate his son as Lord. Fulfillment of scripture, provide salvation, that he would rule as Lord. He wants to embrace us with his love, to encourage us with his peace, to enrich our lives with his joy. That's why we celebrate Christmas today. I love the presents. I love the eating. You might be able to tell. But it's more than that. It transcends the physical and touches our hearts in the spiritual, touches the very core of our soul. This Christmas, this Christmas, let it be maybe the start of something that reminds us all to be committed to God, not just once in a season of a year, but reminding us to actually be committed to him every day. Not out of legalism, but because of all that Christ has done for us. That is the least that we could do. Is that fair enough? Let's stand this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your people this morning. I thank you for the goodness of God being poured out upon them. I thank you that you smile upon them. I thank you your favor is upon them. And Lord, I thank you that you embrace us with your love, that you encourage us with your peace, and you enrich our lives with your joy. I thank you for all that you accomplished for us. When you, you came to the earth as a baby, you went through life and you suffered all the things that we've suffered. You've been tempted in every way as we've been tempted and you didn't sin. And Father, as a result of that, when they nailed you to the cross, you took on yourself the sin of all mankind for all time. And if we choose to place faith in your sacrifice, you say in your word that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, then we can be born again. And I thank you that we can be born again by simple faith in you because of your grace. I thank you that this Christmas, as we lead into this week and even tonight, Lord, I pray that the message of the gospel goes out in a very powerful way. Father, I pray that lives are changed and touched as a result of that. And I thank you for this morning. I thank you for tonight. I thank you for everyone here. Keep all those who are on holiday safe. We pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.